this heaven? No. It's Iowa. All right, Eric. Big win for the Vikings. The odds the Vikings win the Super Bowl? 70%. Kirk Cousins throws at least 10 picks? 90%. What's the other 10%? I don't know. Odds uh, the Vikings make you sad? 100%. Ben, for a lot of years, I believe that the quality of my work, what we do together, would get me what I deserve. But I don't politic and I don't change with the times. And it turns out that shit's more important than the good, honest podcasting work we do. So yesterday we podcasted, but we get suspended because we didn't do it politely. Up next is dragged across concrete on the pot of dreams. You're losing perspective and compassion. There's a reason I'm sitting behind this desk running things. And you're out there with a partner that's 20 years younger than you. Hey, Anthony's got a mouth with his own engine, but he's solid. I'm thinking about the kind of future I can offer my girlfriend. Pops is a yesterday who ain't worth words. Good heavens and praise be to him. Your absence was a weight upon us. Thank you, Mr. Edmonton. I don't like doing things with so many question marks everywhere. There's a lot of imbeciles out there. If you listen, we will pod. Thank you very much for listening to the Pod of Dreams. It's a movie podcast where Ben and I break down interesting films. This week, we have a movie called Dragged Across Concrete. Uh, Interesting films is an interesting way of putting Dragged Across Concrete. I would suspect most people have not heard of this movie. It came out in 2019. Uh, It wasn't a big release. Uh, I, I don't even really remember when it came out. I definitely didn't see it in the theater. Uh, I hadn't seen it before we watched it this week. The reason I picked it is I, I like uh, S. Craig Zoller's other two movies. I liked Bone Tomahawk and Brawl at Cell Block 99. I enjoyed both those movies quite a bit and kind of his aesthetic. So I, I picked this movie to watch because I wanted to check it out. It's his most recent film. Um, I got to say, I didn't before I watched it, I didn't know there was so much sort of controversy regarding this movie. Um, and I'm having a hard time trying to articulate how to discuss it. I think, actually, I, I think our, our buddy, Brian Eggert, who was on one of our previous podcasts, a really great film reviewer. He, he has a, a movie blog website, website Deep Focus Review. Um, uh, check it out. His review of this movie was excellent. Really great writing. But... I'll just read a little snippet from a quick snippet from his review. Uh, he writes, um, a part of me enjoys the craft and immersive style that Zoller uses to tell a story. But another part sees this film as an ugly and irresponsible statement of racism, misogyny, limited roles for women and narrow minded politics. And I think that pretty well summarizes this movie and, and how I felt about it. Although, I really found it provocative 
and the casting of Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn and kind of the conservative discussion and sort of conservative view on race and racism that is like explained through these cops. I found it to be like provocative, thought provoking, but also I think there's a sense of realism there that like I appreciated. I don't know. Okay. I've, I've said a lot. What, what, what's your initial. So let's take a step back from the politics uh, and whatever controversy might surround the movie. Did you think this movie was like fun to look at? Did you enjoy looking at it? No, I mean it's all dark grays and blues and it's this I, I was really annoyed with the sepia blues and I thought it was a kind of a it was shot in a boring way. I you know, Brian described it as immersive. I wasn't immersed. I was kind of like, ugh. It's just a drab, dull, not interesting to look at. Just from aesthetics, before we get into anything else, it's like this I'm not He he does a lot of cool cool stuff with Light though, there's the seat. The, like the, when the movie opens, the the one character, the like main sort of black lead, we we spend a lot of time with him and his sort of stereotypical inner city lifestyle guy coming out of prison. Like the one sort of black character, which I think hits at the point of like, you know, this movie's discussion on race and the characters, the women too, is not is not done well. It's it's very clumsy. But we spent a lot of time with with this character and there's a scene where he comes home from prison and his mom is apparently turning tricks in their apartment and his little brother is like handicapped locked in a bedroom but like the the mom lets her john out of the 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 apartment and he leaves and there's like a red light coming from that room I, i i thought that looked cool so there there is he does some things with light but yeah, most of it's in the dark. Half this movie's in the dark. And then when it's just soaked in blue, I'm like, I, this isn't interesting to look at. It feels not very compelling. I mean, I, 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 I guess if I rewatch that scene, I might like it a little bit more. But for mostly, I, I thought this movie was just not. I just I did not like the way it looked. I didn't like the lighting. Like, oh, it's very warm and yellow inside Mel Gibson's apartment, and very very blue and dreary, and the when they're getting uh, the, the talk to the pol- chief of police or whoever he is, or the like Don Johnson guy is or whatever. Um, I did not, I was, I was not having fun with it. Did you? So next question is, you know, oftentimes you, you want to like, do you like these characters at all? Did you enjoy spending any amount of time? with No, them? no, no. They're, I think they're pretty, uh, Vince Vaughn's character is like sort of a nothing burger for the most of the movie. He has some yeah. like quirks, which, I found kind of interesting, like how he wiped his mouth when he ate, and he had, you know, was like very meticulous about everything. I feel like thirty percent of this movie is just us staring at Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn sitting in a car. At least thirty percent. Movies too long. Movies way too long, no doubt. Uh, And Uh, I'm just looking at their faces, and I'm not enjoying being in the front of that car with them. Zoller's style is like a lot of that, just long drawn out scenes, sort of seemingly unimportant things, and then just like brutal violence. I mean, this movie has like some of the most disgustingly violent shit. Yeah, well, there's one big choice I want to get to. Um, uh, It feels like really a cynical, nasty choice that they made. Okay, so you're talking about the the way it looked. Some of the characters, like what? What's your overall? F- I'm trying to understand what the point of this movie really is, because it doesn't. Yeah, yes, there's this big current of you know, real policing, but it doesn't take that seriously. It doesn't do anything to help us really identify or understand or relate to Mel Gibson's characters. Really, like our first interaction is Mel Gibson is sitting outside 
uh, an apartment in New York or whatever. And Vince Vaughn comes and joins him. Um, we did see the cigarette fall. I thought I I was interested. That's cool. Yeah. Was interesting. Yeah, I, I was interested there. And it turns out there, you know, they have a cop coming in to knock on the door dressed as a plumber or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but they know the guy's going to come out the back door. They're waiting for this guy who's a big drug dealer to come out the back door. They arrest him, um, stomp his face in a little bit because they want to make sure they know who's still in the apartment so they don't get shot, I guess. Well, uh, Mel Gibson, it's police brutality. We see him, for no reason, brutalize this suspect. But does the film relate to or identify with Mel Gibson or are we supposed to think Mel Gibson's a jerk? He's he's Derek Chauvin, right? Like he's a cop that gave him too much force and hurt him. But, I mean, doesn't, that, the, but isn't the film's politics that, that he's just a guy doing it. his job? No. Isn't he, that, that's, that's what speech. he thinks. That's what he thinks. But that's it's not what, what the filmmaker thinks. I, I don't think so. Well, that's up for debate. Uh, you know, uh, Adam Neiman, I, I've referenced, I feel like I reference him every podcast. He's uh, the, one of the Ringer's film critics. He wrote another great piece, or a great piece about this. And his whole debate was like, is this movie representing the filmmaker's views on police and politics and racism? Or is he separating himself and just including characters that think that way? Because that was my read on it. My read on it was these are these are cops in the inner city. Mel Gibson in particular is an old white guy who's been a cop for He's 30, 40 60, years. Right, yeah. And he has views that I don't agree with personally, but he has views, which I think would be realist. I have, I have known people that have views similar to the way Mel Gibson. I might be related to people that have views similar to the way Mel Gibson sees the world. And so it's a, it's a, it's a character in movies. We rarely ever get like a modern day cop. That's right wing or a Republican conservative. However you want to, want to view it which would seem like a realistic view you know a realistic character in the world we live in and hearing him you know espouse his views on racism on police enforcement on again things i don't agree with personally but to hear it in a movie and see it i, I actually found like um you popeye from uh what's the crime movie old, french old, connection popeye like, Doyle. He, he's he's a racist bigot beats up black like half the movie is him being a terrible cop like but well, we I don't think, i think that's part of the movie when i see french connection is that we're supposed to look at this guy and realize what a piece of shit he is um I, and i think this movie t- i think that's what this movie's hmm. saying too i don't it doesn't defend mel gibson and i mean he he's he ends up becoming a criminal himself like he's a bad guy and he even has that discussion with um you know the, like i said the, the movie starts with this black character who becomes uh, i think his name's like henry or something like that in the movie becomes what we later learn is like a getaway driver to this like separate crime that's happening sort of parallel to Mel Gibson's proposed crime, which I thought was really cool how that those kind of two crimes kind of intersected. But he has a conversation with him where he's, he's basically telling him like, why should I trust you? You're a bad cop. You were going to steal this stuff too. And, and I think, I don't think you're supposed to side with Mel Gibson in this movie. Then are we supposed to side with the other character and then, I don't think I don't think that's the way he makes movies. I don't think he wants you to personally so connect with, to these characters. Okay, so we're not supposed to connect to them. Um, I mean, which is a problem. Glean? It's a problem with his filmmaking. I think. What, what are we supposed to glean then? I mean, just people are complicated and shitty. Crime can pay if you're yeah, lucky cops and, and criminals are shit. 
are shitty people. Like, okay. I don't well, know. I, I, and, and the whole Mel Gibson of it all is what also what I found provocative. Well, no, I mean, the like, casting makes Mel sense. Mel Gibson, and, and which I didn't, I guess I didn't realize, apparently Vince Vaughn is a open Republican supporting NRA actor in Hollywood. Like, that, he's, he's not shy about his you know, Republican right-wing political views, which I didn't, I guess I didn't even know that. And Mel Gibson is also open about his views, the religion. I mean, he's, he's famously almost threw his career away because of a racist and anti-Semitic rant that he went on, which you know, I'm not going to repeat anything he said it was awful stuff. Are you sure you don't want to repeat it? I'm sure I don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> but to cast him in this movie with that baggage and to have him say the things that he says in this movie like it's it's honestly i had to pause it i was like what the hell is going on here like you're gonna give these lines to mel gibson and i know i i feel like he's just pushing buttons it's a way to provoke you because you have that baggage with mel gibson now and and I, I, do i like it i don't know if i like it i just kind of appreciated the, the swing the swing of it all See, this is where I get. I feel like the the movie didn't have any actual conviction about anything, which is where it got kind of frustrating to me. Like, I I guess I didn't think it was being overtly conservative, but I didn't think it was attacking conservative or had any thoughts or empathy or ideas about anything whatsoever. Like when he says drugs, what does he mean drugs in the school? Uh, like a high school, an elementary school? Where were the drugs getting in and how? Um. I, at one point, really, when he does that first bust, and they put well, the that's probably in. how he rationalizes his behavior. Like, I, yeah, okay, I should, probably shouldn't have put my foot on this guy's neck, but I did it because I'm taking drugs away from kids. Like, that's sure. probably in his own head what he's thinking when he. I mean, D- Derek Chauvin, what was his rationale for sitting on George Floyd's neck? I I don't know, but it was probably he probably had some crazy reasoning in his own head why he did it. I, I, I guess. I don't know. But the, the film doesn't, I don't know. I sit around like it feels like it's waffling around. And maybe that's the thing is we're going to try to just, it's a fictional movie, but we're going to document these characters. We're going to let them talk how they'd actually talk, espouse the ideas they'd actually espouse without identifying with anybody or anything. And we're just going to show you these people doing this thing. It's going to culminate in this horrific violence. And then one character is going to walk away fabulously rich. We're not even really going to go into the logistics of that. I don't know how you fence stolen gold bullion um, that I'm sure everybody would be tracing. It seems like it would be really logistically difficult. Um, but he's able to do it apparently without much issue. Um, and he's very, very happy. And we see it like I mean, this glowy. I mean, he's got a mansion for his mom that was a drug addict and turning tricks. Um, which is, this is like massive house. Um and he succeeds, but what what does the success say about anything? I, it may be nothing. Um, I just was sort of baffled by the yeah, ending. Yeah, does crime know. pay in the end? I don't, yeah, I don't it know. It can if you're lucky. Yeah. I, I don't know. At the end, he like relates to Mel Gibson and gives Mel Gibson's family money so they can move, but they need to move because they're in a part of town where, I, I guess, is the movie's logic. I don't think it's not mine. Uh, you know, it's just really downtrodden and... Uh, there's uh, apparently concerns about rape from black people, according to this ex-cop with MS, and they can't move. And I see that, and I just like my brain's like, oh, this seems like we have an affordability problem. If you're saying a, a detective salary isn't enough to uh, move to a different apartment in a different part of town, it's like maybe we need more affordable housing, um, not to shake down drug dealers. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, Mel Gibson is is the character. I mean, you're right that Vince Vaughn has nothing to offer other than he he's got a, a girlfriend and he wants to propose to her. I guess that's his personality. I don't know. Um, there's times where the movie's going for humor, it seems like, but it just doesn't land at all. Uh, I'm thinking of the scene where Vince Vaughn is apparently slowly eating a breakfast sandwich and it amps up. We hear all the munching. It's like yep. right into the mic. It's supposed to be really disgusting, and then at some point, Mel Gibson expresses his disgust. Um, yeah, says, well, a red ant could have eaten that faster than you. I was like, okay, I mean, the humor's not landing, and this does not seem like a movie that can grapple with humor. And I, I just, I don't know, I just, it's like, why am I watching these characters that I don't like? A f- film that looks not fun to look at. It's not, it, I don't see a lot of stuff that's interesting to shot. It doesn't seem to have a real point of view about any of this stuff. It makes some real, real nasty choices. Uh, not in a way that's interesting or necessarily challenging. Uh, and we don't get to know anything about the other criminals, really. Um, the ones who do all the awful stuff. And we see this happen. And, and to one end, that there are awful people in the world. Some of them are caught. I don't. was baffled in a way that I didn't find very fun. It didn't seem like, oh, this movie is challenging or making me really think about things. It's. Just don't think that there's anything there. This is I'm just not going to have anything. I don't, there's there's nothing. I've got no point of view. But I, I guess yeah, maybe there's something to be said for a movie that doesn't have a point of view because it's tough to do in a movie. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, in the I, end, it's a movie about two cops who decide to try to r- shake down some criminals and end up finding their way into this bank robbery. And and then, you know, everything goes south after that, which which I think just like that premise. If you just told me that's what this movie is about, like, I'm in 100 percent in crooked cops, bank robbery. Like, yes, but like, it's not in. fun. I, I, it's too long. It takes way too long. To I just get didn't have I was by the end. I wasn't having arms. I was like, all right, let's what, when they start tailing the, the truck, I thought the last half hour of this movie, I thought was really pretty exciting. Oh, and, okay. and pretty well done for that, for, you know, for that level of, of drama. I, I actually thought it was well done. Oh, see, I, I find myself just so disinterested by that point. I'm like, okay, do I, do I want him to get the money? Do I want him to not? Do I care? No, I don't really care how this plays out. I, I, there's not really anybody that I'm interested in who, whose perspective film particularly cares about, um, I don't want this to shake down. I mean, this is just all these people are awful, really. Um, I mean, there's no way this plays out where I'm happy or satisfied. And but you couldn't you say that about the French Connection? The cops are terrible. The criminals are terrible. What what's the what is that movie saying? Uh, something similar probably, but I think the filmmaking is a lot more interesting. It's a lot more fun to look at. The chase is way more exciting than this them sitting behind a car. While the other people are in a, you know, security van and they're talking dialogue that's not super interesting, it feels like... Yeah, you know, I, I gotta say, I, the bank robbery disappointed me. It's like, oh, this... Uh, is that, get, are there banks that look like that, by the way? I don't know. I, I don't know that I've ever seen it. I mean, it's There's some sort of foreign exchange bank where it's probably just deal with transferring money. I, I don't know. Because there's just like a bunch of like office cubicles right. aligning the lobby and then there's the tellers at the end. I was like, I 
Yeah, we don't spend it. We spend it like a whole morning with this woman who ends up getting killed. Well, that's her a baby. nasty choice, right? Yeah. This is this is where the film goes out of its way to be shitty, really out of its way to be shitty. So in the middle, or maybe even two thirds into this movie, we start seeing this character we've not seen before, and I apologize, I don't know the actress's name. She plays Dexter's she, sister. She plays a big role in the Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine. So his other movie, she's like the lead. And she and yeah, she and she's a good actor. It's not. I mean, it, it, but we see her. At a bus stop, she's maybe going to go in. She decides not to, and we see, okay, this is the first day where she has to go into work and leave her baby who's four months old or whatever. She just doesn't want to leave her newborn son, her four-month-old son. Which I thought was an, that's an interesting character. Is like back from maternity leave, the first day, like what's that uh, like? Maybe. It, maybe it'd be an interesting character, but she it takes her – her husband has to convince her to go. She doesn't want to go into work. She has a job that pays pretty well, and she really, really doesn't want to go into work, and he convinces her to go into work first day back she gets uh, to the office and her co-workers are really sweet to her and, you know they've got like don't you snacks. think this movie says something about capitalism in that way like you you can't stay home with your kid because you can't make enough money otherwise you, even if you do work a blue collar like job like a police officer you still can't make enough money to live in a safe neighborhood even if you're bo- you're in a poverty, even if you're trying your best, you're still going to get wrapped up in something that could get you arrested and put in prison and screw up your whole life. Like, don't you think there's a little bit of capitalism criticism sprinkled in this? Maybe. I mean, yeah, everybody's got a profit incentive. Um, the the characters we follow the most, and I mean, that's something. I guess that that's yeah, there could be a slice of that. But she's there just in time for the robbery scene, and so she goes around and she's supposed to handcuff people. Um, goes to handcuff a guy who wants to send an email to the cops or a social media post or whatever, and there's a little scuffle and she gets shot in her hand, and she's holding a little like booty, you know, like a little sock thing for her baby, and she's she's on the floor, she's like, can you get make sure my son, his name's Jackson, can you make sure he gets this before she gets her head blown off? Yeah, you see um, her head blow up. No, no, yeah, they, they and so we we spend. I, I did see it in, in Adam Neiman's piece. He writes about. I thought this was kind of interesting. In the scene, how she's lit, she literally has a bloody hand pointing her middle finger at the screen. It's like basically him saying "fuck you" to the audience with a bloody middle finger. I thought that was kind of an interesting catch. Kind of. Well, I, I did feel like it was a big "fuck you." I mean, it's deliberately. Like I'm just yeah. doing this spitefully. Like we spend, let's call it ten minutes with her, ten to fifteen minutes getting to know her and her situation. Just so we can see her be blown off, blown away, um, uh, in this horrifically awful way for this bank robbery, um, it's a really nasty choice. I mean, it's kind of spiteful, I think. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's the point, I guess. In your face, edgy. Ooh, it's so edgy. Oh yeah. Mm. New mom sometimes get shot in bank robberies. Ugh, yeah, okay. I, I think ultimately he's just trying to provoke the audience, and I think that's why you cast Mel Gibson in a movie like this, and I think that's why you have them say these sort of right-wing talking points about race and policing. Like, I think he's just trying to literally, what was it, the edge lord? He's just trying to get people. Who's just pushing your buttons? Yeah, oh, he's, he's yeah, trying to provoke I'm challenging people. you. I'm annoying you. Oh, you can't handle this, can you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. And that have you ever seen Funny Games, Eric? Funny games? Correct. No. So it's, I think, I don't, I'm going to get the country version. It started off as a foreign, uh, no, it's sort of like, I think German. Um, Michael Haneke is the director. Then they made an American version. And this isn't 
quite as bad as that, but it's very similar. It's a ostensibly a horror movie, home invasion. These two guys are harassing this family. At one point, one of the guys doing the harassing with a gun, uh, a character wrestles his gun away and shoots him. And right after that, um, the other guy rewinds the movie and redoes the scene and basically just looks at the audience and it's basically, fuck you. Um, you love this horror freaks or, you know, this is, I mean, just rubbing your face in it. Like, is this what you want? Ha ha. And then they continue to torture the family for the rest of the movie. And that's the end. Um, this had a, a, a big strand of that in here for that sequence. Um, and more too, when we have the other woman who's been held as a hostage and she has to pee and we just see her have to be humiliated. And, um, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't know that I'm bothered with it ethically, but I, I think I was more bored with it than anything else. Like, okay, you're showing me this nasty stuff. Oh, okay. I think, I think it, he was trying to make like a 70s gritty crime movie in modern times. Doesn't work all that great for, for a lot of it. Um, I find it interesting, the, like I said, the whole Mel... Like, he has Mel Gibson make racist jokes in the movie, which is insane to me. Like I, I, like I said, I was so blown away that, like, he obviously... Zoller writes the movie, so, you know, he's he's deciding what the dialogue is. But, like, you have Mel Gibson, who's... Is he trying to reform his career? It's, it, it, based on his dialogue in this movie, he made it sound like... And I think Mel Gibson was speaking through his character, basically, like, you know, fuck you to all you people. You're going to brand me a racist now and cancel me out of Hollywood. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm pointing out how stupid that is. And it's just insane to have that in this movie. Like, you know, Mel Gibson's like a, an important figure for me in terms of fil- f- films, you know, Lethal Weapon and Mad Max. Like, it's a big part of, like, you know, he, he was a big character in my film loving history but you know obviously he's said some crazy things and it doesn't sound like he's backing down on it he's kind of doubling down on this these ideas so i guess i that's where it gets weird i mean we once at one point we have a a retired cop who has ms say the line you know i'm about as liberal as an ex-cop can get but i never thought i was a racist but i'm kind of think these racists have some good ideas i mean okay Okay. But there are literally like people that in America that think like that. I understand right? that. This isn't you're not this isn't like new information that people are racist isn't a particularly revelatory concept to me. I was like, oh, I thought nobody was racist. I, I understand like, there are people like that are Crash, racist. Crash, right? The movie Crash, which is purported to like, we're going to really dig into racism in this. Oh, Crash is terrible. Right. So but, I don't know if this is your comparison. No, no. I, I'm not saying that this is like Crash in that way, but I'm just saying like, you know, in that movie, there are racist white people, but like they're sort of caricatures of that. I think in this movie, he's having these sort of fringe sort of racist views thrown in the movie because there are a lot of people that are like that you know i think like i said i think he's going for realism in that way not but also obviously trying to provoke the audience in the in the same turn but i I just find it because there are name another movie where there's a character like that like in a modern movie where there's basically like you know a trump voting republican guy who has some fringe racist views that is isn't in that as a way to like comment on racism. It's just, he, that's just the way he is. I can't think of another example. 
No, I mean, that's fine. I guess if your point is it's just it's a contrast, that's fine. Um, it, it, sure, it's a contrast. You don't don't hear it very often, if ever. But and and I guess I don't need every person who's racist to be condemned for their racism necessarily. How but can I'm we make a like, cop movie, a modern day cop movie, and not have them be br- br- be brutal to the people of color and have racist views when we know that like there's a lot of cops that are racist and brutalize people of color. You know what I'm saying? Like, th- I guess that's what I'm pointing out. Like, I, okay, I think what kind of movie are you trying to make? If you are you trying to like come up with a reason to have that character exist? Okay. But, but what is happening with the character? What's the structure of the narrative about what, what's the movie about? You could have somebody who's really racist, whose views are challenged and transformed slightly. You could have somebody who's racist, but also kind of a good person um, or does something worthwhile or save somebody's life. Um, I, I think that was Mel crash, Gibson's crash, character. Crash, he didn't save anybody. He chose no, not to call in. But he, uh, he was uh, presumably a good dad, a good husband. Like he wasn't a, ba- a bad person, except he, you know, he he was. Well, we didn't see him do anything good, other than I guess be a good husband and father. I don't think we see him do anything that's decent or kind or decent. Like there's none of that in that in the movie. He's all we see is him be really shitty to a guy a drug dealer that's putting drugs in school really shitty to a woman who gets put in a cold shower just because they can't be bothered to look around an apartment. I was going to laugh if the bag that they were looking for was just sitting in the closet. It turns out it was behind a wall. But it was like, if it's just sitting in the closet, well, they and they didn't like, look do for this it. as woman, yeah. like the, cause they couldn't be bothered. Cause they didn't even try to look for it. Um, they knew the bag was in there. It wasn't like they tried and they couldn't find it. I'm like, okay, tell us where it is. It's just like led like, with treating her shitty. I, we don't seem to do a single decent thing um i re- also read a quote so that that's where it's not complicated it's not nuanced the daily beast said something about uh, zoller as a hollywood filmmaker making movies for the mega crowd and like i don't is that what you would think i mean no i don't see if it was more of a mega accurate. movie that'd be more interesting be okay. like okay you're you have a point of view at least um you're trying to say something you're trying to articulate some point that yeah isn't said but i don't think we get that I think it's yeah more of this nebulous nihilistic. We're not, you know, these are these characters. You're not really supposed to like any of them. They all exist. They're all kind of shitty. Well, uh, I will say this: of of his three films, this is probably the one I like the least. Um, Bone Tomahawk is a movie I really liked. I I, it, I don't know if I'd recommend this movie to people. Like, oh, go check it out. It, it's probably a it's a tougher sit. And I could tell with Ben's rating, it's going to be a low rating for him. Well, but, this is though this is of all the movies we've done on this podcast, this is my least favorite. Okay, this is for sure. Um, but uh, Bone Tomahawks, uh, I I really enjoyed that movie. So I don't. Do, anything more you want to say? Should we get into your rating? Since well, we we can. I mean, I don't know. It's again, I just didn't think it had a point of view. It didn't have any convictions whatsoever. Um, and and I, you I, loved I, the I, little banter that they had back and forth, right? You loved their repeating no, their I, I, I absolutely hated the like we're trying so hard to give you lingo and the anchovies cast iron yeah it's like that was just trying I so love hard i actually oh, love i that. thought it was really really contrived and like oh do you get it this is what it's i mean it's like oh too much it's come on i did like, read like a comparison to tarantino i think this this filmmaker has been basically like a poor man's tarantino 
Because Tarantino I, I, tries to provoke people with his movies, so there's a bit what, of provocation. Uh, the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, was just a huge provocation to the audience. That one, sure, but other than that, he mostly just like we're the, having the, a fun, the silly violence. Movie. I mean, the over the, the but his the, violence is apolitical, silly, and cartoonish, and just kind of fun. He's not going apolitical. For he shoots Hitler over and over again. I don't. Know yeah, I mean. yeah, killing it. That's not a political opinion. That's not like you're not like he's not. Everybody hates Hitler. He's one of the worst villains of all time. I don't, know like an old... I don't know if you could say for certain everybody hates Hitler. Well, okay, there's a very small percentage of people that hate Hitler, but he's become <sighs> a de facto horrible villain stand-in. It's not like he didn't like have an ex a former president get murdered or something shocking that would really upset people. Every everybody except for a few whatever percentage of yeah, because hardcore I, Nazis that still exist. I think Tarantino like, yeah, Hitler should die. is definitely more skilled at all this, and he well, has, a, more skilled, he has a heart, but, more but, of a heart than Zoller does. There's no villain like Hitler in this movie dragged across country. There's no equivalent to that. And we clearly identify with the Jews who are going to kill him and are killing Nazis, and it's fun. Yeah, the a, Nazis suck. They're cartoons. Because those are better stories. I mean, Inglorious Bastards is a million times better than this movie. Right, like, but it's structured as good versus evil, and the evil are horrible Nazis, and yep, they're good. I want them to die. I want Hitler to die. This movie isn't like that but at all. Pulp Fiction, there is no good. I mean, all everybody in Pulp Fiction is bad. Kind of, but they're all fun. They're much more fun. Yeah. Everybody's more interesting. The dialogue's about a bazillion times better. Well, sure. Tarantino's it's the like, best ever, and this guy's and, and not. And the point is that it's just fun. Pulp Fiction, it's pulpy, light, fun. It's not trying to provoke you. It's not like, I'm going to I'm gonna throw the, uh, um, going to get medieval on your ass. That That's just cool and crazy. He wasn't that, trying I, to provoke you. The guy getting gang raped is not fun. I mean, there's nothing cool or fun about that. I think that, no, that's, 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 again, it's in there to provoke you. Yeah, I disagree. It's there to set up the line. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. You hear me? Which is an epically cool yeah, line. To make you like it, no... like those guys more. Yeah. Correct. Correct. It's set up for that. So there, there is awfulness. These horrible Nazi rapist BDSM dudes. But it sets up other stuff. There's no setup and payoff in this movie. Um, there's nothing cool or fun or likable about it. Um, and it's really boring to look at. None of Quentin Tarantino's movies are boring to look at. Um, even Death Proof, which is probably one of Tarantino's worst, is like a, it's a lot of time of people in cars, and it's way more interesting to look at. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't even think they're trying to do the same thing. I don't think Quentin Tarantino's trying to be edgy, other than he's just being cartoonishly violent. I think Zoller is like. trying to do a Tarantino. Well, then he's failing horrifically. Yeah, he's not as he's not he's, as good at it. It's not. He's not even close. He's not no. even close. Well, he's, he's trying watch his so other hard. movies. Watch this. This is not a good example of his. And I, I like this movie enough, so I, I give my rating. I gave it three and a half stars. Oh my gosh! I, I found, one and a half for me. Okay. I, 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 it's a movie I will never see again. I don't know who I would recommend this to. Um. It's just not interesting. The only person who I'd recommend it to would probably be somebody that would watch it and think, yeah, that's right. Society forgot about Mel Gibson unfairly. He gets shit done. That's I, actually, the only person- I actually sent a text to my you know, sort of right-wingy kind of friend and was like, I think you'd like this movie. That's, those are the only people. I, nobody else is going <laughs> to like it. And I don't think it's a... I think you're right. It's not a... It's really not a pro-right-wing movie. It's not necessarily... It's not. Movie. I, I don't you, think you it is. You convinced me of that, but it just further convinces me that there's just no point of view here at all. 
Um, I guess you can have capitalism makes people do this. Okay. Should we? What? I don't know. That that's about the the most interesting way to look in at this, this deadly cycle. You know. Right. It, the, this, it, it makes us all criminals. Capitalism makes us all criminals, I guess. I don't know. Um, but then it makes nasty choices, and then I just... Okay, I'm not having fun, and you're not doing anything with this nastiness. It just seems like the nastiness is the point. Really? Um, and you're like, okay, whatever. Okay, fine. Ooh. Oh. All right. Well, this is one of the biggest... Uh, differences because i almost had it at four stars and oh. then i was like oh some of that other stuff it's just, it doesn't i read I mean, it's a little just, bit more about it, it it's, it's so like a, almost 80 percent of rotten it looks tomatoes cheap. sometimes it looks cheap sometimes it looks like a movie that is like he doesn't get a lot of money it's a it's a low budget well, again, it like looks cheap. 12 million dollars or something like that it to looks make this even movie. cheaper than like oh it's just oh gosh it's just your and his movies at. aren't hits. I mean, the, like I said, I don't even remember when this came out. I don't. It, it, I think it was released in the theater. I, I didn't. I hadn't heard of this movie before. I mean, yeah. I had no chance of guessing it last week because I'd literally not heard of it at all. Um, then I watched it and I'm like, it, this makes sense. There's just nothing here. Yeah. Um, I heard. I heard about Bone Tomahawk. That was a movie I heard about. That was a movie people talked about. Kurt Russell's in it. He's very good in it. And I, I want to see Bone Tomahawk, but it's brutal. It's out. brutal as hell too. It's I don't, very I mean, brutal. The violence in and of itself isn't a problem, but if there's no characters to like, you don't have a point of view, and the violence is no. Kurt just, Russell's guess, character upset. is amazing, and he's always amazing. So he's he's worth the price of admission for sure. Okay, so sure, I'll see Bone Tomahawk. What's the other one called? Brawl at Cell Block Ninety Nine. Terrible title for a movie, but, but it is awful. Dragged Across Concrete is kind of shitty too. It, it, yeah, it sounds cooler than it is, and it's just uh, um. Just anyway, I you know I was just like, what's the point of this movie? Is there a point to any of this? Is there a point to anything? Is it all just a whole mess of matter colliding? Blah. Okay. Well, after that ringing endorsement, um, should we do our, our five degrees of field of dreams? Let's do our five degrees of field of dreams. So you're going to go first? I can jump in. I'll do mine quick. So uh, starting with Vince Vaughn in this movie, um, get a big figure for me, like, you know, old school dodgeball. Like, uh, I've always been a huge fan of Vince Vaughn. Sure. Uh, He has fallen off, like, in terms of his popularity. I wonder if maybe it's his political views. I don't know. Maybe. It happens to people anyway. Will Ferrell is less Neo popular than he but once like, was. Vince Vaughn popped up in Curb. He's been in Curb for the last couple seasons, not as Vince Vaughn. He's like some other guy, and he's great in it. I, sure. Uh, he I, did, I don't from, he did this Vaughn, weird yeah. thing where he started doing like serious movies, and it kind of threw everybody off because I it don't know. If me he, off too. He's not I a great serious actor. No, he didn't work in True Detective super well either. He tried whatever season three, whatever season he was. He on. made the, the Psycho remake. Yeah, he tried for a while. He, I couldn't take him. It's part of the problems. I couldn't take him seriously either. Yeah. But but it wasn't a comedy. No, nothing but the tone was right for comedy. It was like, yeah, just didn't work. Um. Anyways, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, he was a big part of my college experience. Anchorman yeah. and and old school Freaking, yeah. in particular, and Dodgeball. Those three were right up there. Watched those a bunch. Wedding Crashers. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he's in a movie called The Cell. Do you remember that movie, The Cell? With Jennifer Lopez. Yep. Yep. I've never seen it. Oh, I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, is Vincent, it any good? Uh, it's weird. 
it's it's so okay. I haven't seen it for a very long time. Um, it, it's visually, it's it's pretty impressive. There's a lot of cool visuals because they like go inside his mind, and there's all this like crazy, you know, tapestries and vi- vi- visual arts are cool in that movie. Vincent D'Onofrio is also in that. He's in a movie called The Winner. I've never seen it or heard of it, but Michael Madsen's in that with him. And Michael Madsen's in Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner. Okay. Um, so in a different direction. I went with Michael Jai White. So he's uh, he's Spawn. not one of the lead. What? Spawn. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, he is Spawn. Um, it's like I couldn't think of what else I recognize. Like, I recognize him. He's also in The Dark Knight. He's the... the well, you beat me to the punch. That was my next this movie. Shut Dark- yeah. Yes, he's in the Dark Knight. That's my next movie. Um, he, yeah, in this pl- in this movie, he plays just one of the getaway drivers, and then we spend like twenty minutes learning about his whole backstory too. Like that. That's like, do do I care? Why yeah. do I care? I don't care. Those are my um, major. Yeah, it's cut a lot of that stuff out, and I think you got a pretty solid like heist crime movie, and it, it's a better movie. But I, the the best one of the best parts I liked about Dragged Across Concrete was, you know, he'd use slang or not the appropriate in quotes appropriate is in quotes there big time pronunciation or word and he'd say you understood me didn't you yeah you and understood me yeah like yeah okay that that's interesting like okay as so we try to impose some strict authoritarian language but we know what he means and language is evolving and it's about the usage that's what dictates meaning but anyway i like that part but it was just a very small slice of what was going on. Um, and then in the end, he gets a bunch of gold and comes rich. Somehow he's able to fence it. I don't get it. Um, anyway, so Dark Knight was my second movie. Um, of course, Gary Oldman, Commissioner Gordon in that. Um, incredible. He is in Leon the Professional. Movie I've not seen in a long time, but is excellent. And uh, Natalie Portman's in that. A little hard on the... Uh, uh age difference between Natalie Portman and the professional, right? I mean, that hasn't aged well, right? Has there? I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, there's some like Lolita stuff going on in that movie. I didn't think he hooked up. Did no, but it, it's close. Oh, there's really? insinuation. Yeah, it's. Oh, see, I didn't remember that part. I, oh, yeah. I, I thought it was a father figure. No, he no, no. Her like I, a doe. I, oh, see. All right, I believe you. I'm not. I'm not arguing. I, I just don't remember. I guess I. I projected something else onto it that wasn't there but anyway Natalie Portman's in that she's in uh, Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith along best with Star Angel Wars Jones. movie ever made I um, I mean I don't know <laughs> why you're saying it Twitter's a nightmare place I, I, I hate Twitter because um, you have to have these kind of takes for attention so you, you hear but all these there's like a, a re- revisiting of that movie that it was actually good I don't remember being good at all but... well it was the best of the, that trilogy but that's a very low bar to clear uh, of all episodes one, two, and three, get but anyway, we're we're really off the rails. Anyway, James Earl Jones in that, and he's in uh, Field of Dreams. So there's my five degrees of separation, starting with Michael J. White. So, um, one of our very special guests is coming back next week. Uh, he picked a movie. Damon Fudge is coming back. Eric doesn't know what the movie is. I do. Uh, Eric's gonna guess. KCCI's <laughs> own Damon Fudge, right? Correct. Yep. Rotten Tomatoes um, approved film critic. We're oh, super yeah. happy to have him back. Yep. News director. Um, yes, very, very excited. We talked about Fletch last time. He, he introduced me to Fletch. Very grateful for that. So um, Yeah, go back and listen to that, too, if you haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, go watch Fletch. We got the, the remakes just come out with John uh, Hamm, or it's coming out soon. But uh, anyway, Eric, your first clue. Okay. 
the year this movie came out? 1997. 1997. Did that do for you? Uh, you narrows, were, uh, obviously, narrows it down. You were in high school. Maybe freshman. Came out okay. Um, good, really good, year, good, really good year of movies. If I remember, Titanic's '97, I think it is. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's not Titanic. And that's going to be your guess. Um, Danny DeVito is in this movie. He's, uh, he's he's in the movie. He's not a lead though. Just to give you a little sure. No, yep. Okay. I think I, I think I have an idea. You're gonna guess. Or you're gonna wait. Well, I, should I should I guess? I, Get shorty. Uh, Nope. Oh, I get okay. shorty. That might be I, a little I did, early. I, I did. I made the clues probably more vague than I could have because I do think he'll be able to get it. Um. Uh, <laughs> number three. This movie made 126 million dollars. It's a big hit. It was a blockbuster. Yeah, on a 35 million dollar budget. Well, yeah, but I also want you to keep in mind, different era of movies, different kind of movies could be hits that didn't have to be, you know. Uh, a summer blockbuster. Give you a yeah, but that's context. also like, like pre-China uh, box office, so that's like. No, I mean the movies purely, hit, but Yeah. I just don't want you to be. I don't want you thinking like superheroes action per se. So um, not Batman Returns, which was. That was earlier. Earlier, anyway. yeah. Batman Returns is like ninety-three or four yeah. or something like that or two. Um, so yeah, just one hundred first million was a movie that you could do that with just like a movie that wasn't. Um, anyway, the director of this movie is Curtis Hansen. Does that help you at all? Curtis Hansen? Curtis Hansen. Um, let me try to pull up Curtis's other credentials. Cause, uh, I'm just trying to. For- going through I Danny forgot DeVito who directed movies. this. I know. That, that, well, that's kind of, that, I mean, that, that's, it's a little bit of a red herring. Because if I give you one of the actual leads, I think you get straight away. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, couldn't really, I didn't really remember who had directed it. But, uh, I mean, the same guy that. Did Wonder Boys, Eight Mile, In Her Shoes, Lucky You, Chasing Mavericks, um, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, oh man, um, and a bunch of other movies you've not heard of. That's so a weird-ass filmography. It is very weird, and it doesn't really make sense. Um, I, and I, It wasn't who I thought had directed it. I was way off on the actual director of this. Because, um, like, Twins is way earlier. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Danny DeVito. Uh, I, I, I threw you for a loop with Danny DeVito, which was my goal, because uh, uh, he's like seventh build, I think. Sure, it, it, which at the time, he did that a lot. He just popped into a movie. He wasn't the star. He has a few scenes. He's good in it, but I mean, yeah, he's definitely, yeah. Um, are you ready for your last yeah. clue? Yeah, one more clue. Okay, um, it won Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars, uh, I think for the 98 Oscars, but, uh, you know, for the movie that came out in 1997. And let me. That's it's not, a, isn't that adapted, Goodwill, adapted Good, screenplay. Goodwill Hunting isn't. Didn't that win that year, or was that original screenplay? I think that's an original screenplay. This is adapted, so um, they they could have both won that year. Um, but yeah, this one's for adapt. So, um, an Oscar Oscar winning movie, Danny DeVito from 1997. Mm-hmm. That was a fairly big hit. Directed by the guy that did Eight Mile, which doesn't help at all. No, uh, I mean here, boy. You know, I'm gonna. I'll start reading the. Uh, I'll read the cast list, and then I think it'll click. Uh, first build: Kevin Spacey. Second build: Russell Crowe. Third build: L- L.A. Confidential. Correct. Yes. Hell yes! Oh hell yes! So that's very excited. Uh, 
Yes, no, I, it was yeah. one I know you. I know you loved. I know Danny DeVito's I, I, in it for sure. Yeah, he's. I made it. I made it more vague than I could have been because I figured I was just trying to get you off the set. But I know you've seen it, like it. Um, we've talked about it in other contexts before, so we are going to talk about L.A. Confidential. Next if week. I remember right, I think Damon had said it's his favorite movie. Uh, you may be right. I yeah. thought because he because he we talked about Beverly Hills Cop and he said at one point it's his favorite movie and I think we asked him what is now and I think he said L.A. Confidential. So. So now I get to get to talk about it. Now, I haven't seen it in a very long time. Looking forward to the rewatch. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Look for our chat with Damon next week. We'll talk to you later.